Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Mark. Welcome to another day of morning fog with Dr. Mark and Liz. And, uh, you know, interestingly, I woke up to a very dense foggy morning. Uh, looking out my bedroom, the, the trees were shrouded in this dense fog. And uh, like, uh, like we try to all the time, uh, it burned off with uh, the penetrating rays of the sun. So let's see if we can do that uh, this morning for uh, our audience. So Mark, you sent me a post, um, you shared a post with me, and I think this is a really important topic that we should talk about today. Um, it reads, another colleague lost to suicide. Please reach out to the overachievers in your life. And this is by a, a doctor who works to help prevent suicide among professionals. They often suffer from imposter syndrome and not good enough syndrome, which I just made up. Not me, but this doctor wrote that. And they often feel isolated and lonely. I know this because I've lived it. It is beyond tragic. May her soul rest in peace. Yeah. You know, um, Liz, as you know, uh, as a physician, I suffered significant burnout. And burnout is a major problem um, among uh, those who are high achievers and uh, um, overachievers. Uh, the, the fact is, is unfortunately, uh, when I look at my profession, the number of female physicians who are committing suicide is just about the same as uh, uh, our combat vets coming back from uh, from war. Um, so it's a it's a very significant deal, and it's actually much broader than most people might think. So, uh, yeah, why don't we spend a, a couple moments talking about overachievers? Yeah, well, one of the things that uh, you read down a list of of things about overachievers earlier to me, which none of it surprised me, uh, but but I, it might surprise uh, other people that uh, most overachievers do suffer from this imposter syndrome, this I'm not good enough syndrome. Yeah, and, and I'm not good enough syndrome is is not named, but imposter syndrome is well described in uh, in the in the mental health uh, literature. You know, let's let's take a look and you know overachievers are on the surface, extraordinary people. Uh, they're the type of people that you want in your corner. They, they work and they function to very high standards and they deliver over and above what is expected. And they push boundaries. They push boundaries out and they, they make bigger spaces for us. And they take great pride in their work and they are always dependable, always reliable, and they're always going to be there. The question is, while they're doing that, what are they doing to themselves on the inside? We oh, only see it. them from the outside. Exactly. And exactly. eventually, I think you were the when you described your own burnout to me, uh, it sounded pretty horrific. And we talked to many uh, of your, uh, we talked to your right hand, I'm going to call her your wing woman um, at the hospital who watched you literally change before her very eyes. And, and we've talked to several, multiple of, our, of my, my colleagues uh, throughout the country. You know, high achievers come in, in all walks of life. And, uh, and we'll go through those in, in a moment, I guess. But when you're an overachiever, the, 
the wounds are not visible to others. They come this overachieving mentality, this delivering above and beyond, always being reliable and dependable comes at great personal cost. And it consumes enormous amounts, vast amounts of both, well, of actually emotional, physical, and psychological energy. And it, it leaves you hollow. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's really just a, uh, a major problem. But again, it's not just doctors. It's not just lawyers. No, we were talking about this before. It's, it's mothers. It's, it's uh, teachers. It's um, business owners, entrepreneurs. You, you go down the list. You don't have to be, uh, again, in a profession that uh, requires years and years and years of education to be an overachiever. It's just how you approach everything you do in life. And it eats not just at your soul, but it eats at your health. Exactly. So, you know, there's a number of characteristics that kind of uh, help to define why these overachievers are at such risk of this depletion of their emotional and physical energy, as well as precisely why uh, they are at risk for burnout and honestly, for uh, self-medicating and then for suicide. And again, all the things that make them great are the things that eventually destroy them from inside. And, and that's really the saddest, uh, saddest part about it. And what we're trying to do here is just to raise some awareness to it, because a lot of people look at highly successful people as having it all when they might seem like they have it all on the outside, but on the inside, a lot of bad things could be happening to them, and especially that they're not sharing. One of the things you mentioned um, was that inner critic. They have a very harsh inner critic. So tell us just a little bit about that, because you know you have one. So what was yeah, your inner I, critic telling you when you were plowing through 24-hour, 36-hour shifts? How, how are you doing that? Well, the, the inner critic was that I had to study more, be better than, and always be on so that I would always perform at the highest level and that I could only accept what was absolutely fantastic because my critic would tell me that I had the flaws, I had errors, I had mistakes, and I would oversee everything I did by focusing on those and needing to be better. So I had to overachieve. So I focused on that rather than the brilliance of what I was able to bring. And therefore it became hard to actually perform at a reasonable level, but it was also hard to accept compliments because I saw my work as only any flaws or errors or, or missteps in it and not in the need for perfection, which we'll come to in a moment. So, you know, that harsh inner critic, you know, we, we talk about taking out the head trash and uh, the, the number of thoughts we have each day uh, that run through our brain. Yeah. And tw between, what is it, tw uh, 12 and 60,000 thoughts run through our brain. 80% uh, of them are negative. And we take 90% of them to the next day with us. It's incredible what our brains do. So going back to you for a second, I find this fascinating. So you couldn't even enjoy, you weren't even enjoying your success because you were telling yourself that it wasn't even good enough. It was never good enough. It had to be better. And that comes to one of the other um, aspects of overachievers is they're perfectionistic. They have exceedingly high standards and do anything and everything required to ensure, ensure rather that those standards 
those high standards are achieved, whatever it takes, no matter what. And anything less than that absolute high standard, that near perfection standard feels like a failure. And so let's get to, well, first of all, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that has to be exhausting. Uh, that has to be um, uh, exhausting for those around you. I guess it was, you know, you, you don't really pay attention to what's happening because to those around you, because you're so focused on what you need to do. And, but there would have to be demands of people around you, whether, whether it would be in work or even at home, because I, you've told me before, you don't just leave it at the office. It comes home with you. 100%, 100%. So for those who are, are listening, who either are like this or may know somebody uh, like this, why don't we go over some of the, the, um, things that come along with being a perfectionist that come along with the imposter syndrome that come along with this type of person. Well, again, this, this individual has a, has a harsh inner critic and they're perfectionistic, but at the same time, they set themselves up in this, uh, in this, uh, position that they're self-critical, but they're also a people pleaser. So they, they really don't have very effective boundaries because they have this strong desire to please others. And therefore, they're willing to put the needs of others before their own. Okay, so now, now I have a question. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but so when you're a perfectionist, but you're also a people pleaser, do you recall at the height of your burnout how that made you feel towards those people you were trying to please? Well, so um, the, the, the fact is, is that there's, there's a lot of... Uh, nuance in there. So yes, people please, you put the needs of others before your own. That makes actually a very good physician or nurse um, uh, or uh, firefighter, police officer. Um, those who uh, you know, uh, now uh, 21 years ago ran into the World Trade Center, put their own life at risk and many lost their lives because they put the needs of others before themselves. So being a people pleaser in some ways is very good. The question is sort of the balance. And I, you get to a point in bad burnout where you lose compassion, you have compassion fatigue. Therefore, you're not really pleasing the people you're trying to please. So it sets up a, a, a bad cycle, as it were. But the fact is, is that uh, you are trying to please people, you're trying to be a perfectionist while listening to your harsh critic, you're not putting up boundaries, which means that you then start to just become irritable. And that physical, emotional, psychological fatigue, exhaustion starts to create irritability. So you actually aren't achieving what you're doing. You start to actually wear yourself out because you realize that you're not only not achieving people, but you're giving yourself more fodder for the inner critic to be harsh about mistakes or failures or flaws. And you're not achieving the perfectionism and your boundaries are now worn thin. So you set yourself up for a continued downward cycle and that happens and it happens with, with, you know, such an invasive, but non-visible sort of pathway. You don't even know that you're on that pathway. And that's one of the problems. 
Well, that's why it's so important that uh, this doctor is bringing awareness to it, that we're bringing awareness to it because so many people are suffering this. We could go down a rabbit hole of as to where this need to be an overachiever started, but that's a whole nother, whole nother day, a whole nother podcast. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it is interesting. And, you know, one of the things that, that comes with, uh, with, with this overachiever that again, affects everybody. This, this could be the mom who's staying at home, who just wants to be the best, the best mom for her children. Great ideal, but maybe she has low self-confidence or she has high self-doubt or maybe she's overthinking and she's saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to overthink this, not saying to herself, I'm overthinking, but she's, she's overthinking the situations or the conversations that have happened. She's sitting and playing back things in her mind over and over and rethinking the decisions that are needed or the events that are coming up. And her mind is always on processing all of this and it becomes difficult to switch off. So as we start to look at all of us, whether you're a physician, an attorney, a law enforcement officer, a veterinarian, a, uh, a mom, a teacher, uh, no matter what you're doing, the fact is, is that this overachiever personality is present across everyone. And what's the main point of this? Let's, let's just circle back again and close this loop. There's a 38-year-old professional who is dead of her own hands because of what happened because of this overachiever high performing personality and people didn't realize it and as they saw her as just an incredible young brilliant professional and that professional was was just at the at the epitome at the pinnacle of doing great things. She was being hollowed out like an egg until she just cracked and she took her own life. We all know people, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a brother or a sister, maybe it's a mom or a dad, maybe it's your coworkers, maybe it's your best friend. And they're going through this because that's who they are. And if we don't reach out, if we don't think about it, if we don't talk to people about these things, the fact is, is that we may lose some of those most important people in our life, great human beings who need to have that grounding, who need to have some of the help or the understanding of what might be happening to them. They're also the hardest people to help too. 100 percent and which is why this is really important what we're talking about here today because if anybody does recognize these signs in somebody talk to them chances are they're not going to come to you because they don't want to admit that they're struggling on the inside exactly well Liz, this has been an absolutely great uh, conversation this morning and uh i look forward to chatting with you uh another morning this week same here bye mark bye now